Warning. We talk about mature and disturbing content from time to time, and we're not sorry for it. So if you're under 18, turn back now before your brain rots like ours. In all seriousness, this podcast isn't meant for children. It's just entertainment, not 100% facts. It's more of our opinions and jokes. You've been warned. Hey, welcome to Giddy On Up. The podcast you might find on Pornhub. Wink, wink. I'm Crazy Bear. And I'm Yeehaw. Today, we're talking about silent films. Before we get into the podcast, Yeehaw, I just want to thank our emailer, John, for uh, showing us up on uh, Pornhub. He, He said he searched us on Pornhub and was really fond of our our little podcast we got going on and he wanted to make a suggestion or just ask a question are there any porn remakes that is an excellent question thank you john for that question it's a great question (laughs) i love it uh technically yes and no is honestly honestly the answer so there's a lot of porn parodies out there i know because i googled are there any porn remakes? And let me just tell you that I will never be able to scrub that from my internet browsing history. <laughs> the FBI is already on their way, girl. Yeah, the FBI is already aware of me now. So, but yeah, I think I think the parodies could kind of be considered weird remakes. You know what I mean? Like Pirates of the Butthole or something like that. There's like, they exist, the parodies. Family Guy. Girl, there's um, the I, Simpsons. I know that there's one where it says Edward, Edward Dildo Hands or something like that. <laughs> Edward Dildo Hands. I would love to name some porn movies for people out there who are trying to do parodies. I don't want to like be in it, but I would love to come. I think I could come up with some great names for it. So you know where to find me. Yeehaw. You can just email giddyonup at podcast. Oh, wait. No, that's wrong. <laughs> giddyonup dot podcast. At gmail.com. There we go. Gotta plug that in there a little bit. But yeah, thank you again to our emailer, who I'm gonna say might be either our number two or number three fan. Woody is number one, and then our uh, our little emailer might be number two. So thank you. We appreciate all the support and all the emails that we get. So And come to find out, we have uh, 10 followers. Thank you very much for those guys. Um, and for everybody that's not following, either give us a follow or just email us. Let us know that you definitely enjoy our content. Um, speaking of porn, did you know that there was actually s- silent pornography films? Yes, they are stag films. And the only reason I know this is because, as everyone knows by now, I talk about Joan Crawford a shit ton. But she actually had um, stag films from the early, I think probably like late 1800s, early 1900s. Like between 18, actually, it might have sometime before 1920 is my assumption. I'm not going to Google it again. This isn't about facts. This is just about our opinions. But she definitely had some because her brother, I think, actually tried to blackmail her blackmail her in her later years to get money so that he wouldn't release them. We'll see. I did look, uh, look up on this. Um, so it was, I don't remember who, who was the one to blackmail her. But come to find out that wasn't her in those stag films. That's a bummer. That's a disappointment. So yeah, did, that, who said this? No, I'm just kidding. I I, I know. It was, oh, fact checking. There you go. Fact checking. For, uh, for, uh, we could have done this on our feuding 
episode. Episode, yeah. yeah. Uh, so apparently it was her brother that was blackmailing her. But yeah, later on to come to come to find out that she wasn't the ones in those films. I have a hard time believing that. <laughs> not to be that person, but I just have a hard time believing that. I'm not saying that it, it that the whatever films they're referring to might not be her, but I am a firm believer that she had stag films. You know what I mean? Because like. Who probably didn't in that era that was, like, trying to get their foot into the silent film industry? Yeah. Also, on this note, because I want everyone to know that we do have a special guest today in the comments. Uh, Wuddy, who is going under the name Silent Wuddy today, uh, showing respect to us and our podcast name for our episodes. So thank you, Wuddy. We appreciate all the support you give us. Uh, for that. But yeah, stag films, I mean, pornography has existed since the cave walls. You know what I mean? People drawing naked boobies on walls all the time. So, of course, there's going to be some pornography in silent films for that. How do you, for normal silent films, they would have an orchestra playing music. (laughs) How do you think what do you think the atmosphere was during those stag film showings? I would say more of lonely strangers in the night. Um, it would probably be more of violins more than um, pianos or big old basses. You don't? Are you saying that there wouldn't be like a happy tune? They'd like nah, they'd, low they'd, they'd, and like slow. Yeah, they'd probably want that that mood filling vibe going know. instead of dun 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 dun. You know what I mean? I don't know. I could see them bringing up like an old rag tune, like da 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 in an adult theater, so I assume that that happened as I well. I thought that was, I thought he was watching uh, some kids movie. I thought that's what happened with that. No, girl, he was in a, he was like in an actual adult theater. Oh, I thought there was more controversy to that one. No, it's the controversy was he was a, a kid show figure. Yeah. Getting caught diddling himself to adult pornography. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a theater, public, in a public place. That is like kind of controversial, like. At least the, they were behind some closed doors, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it wasn't out yeah. in the public. It wasn't out in the public, so I'm totally fine with that. Um, so, other than stag films, Crazy Bear, what would you say are some of your favorite silent films, silent movies? <sighs> Let's see. So, I just recently watched The Kid and uh, from Charlie Chaplin. To be honest, I think that would be one of, like, one of my top threes. Like, I know I said I don't like top anything, but to be honest, top three would probably be Nosferatu, um, uh, The Kid, and what else? I know I'd have one more. Let me think about that one. But what about you? What about that? What about that, Yeehaw? So, definitely love Nosferatu because it's OG. <laughs> Um, and these are all going to be kind of horror, horror movie themed ish, but the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yes. Caligari. Yeah. Whatever the fuck it is. I'm bad at pronunciation. I came from a state that ranked 49th in education. Please. Nobody come at me. I'm sorry. I try. I it's, try. It's That's right, all I can say. I try. Metropolis is good. I, and I'll tell you why I think Metropolis is really good. And it has to do with how we still use a lot of the silent film era movies to influence today. And I feel like 
one of the, my favorite animated TV shows growing up, Batman the Animated Series, the intro for that was a little bit inspired by some of the Metropolis scenery in the background, especially the very, very like first like three seconds. Yeah, it gives me Gotham City vibes. Like Gotham City, Gotham City, the Gotham City gives me Metropolis vibes. Okay, yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Very night because like that—that's kind of like very nineteen twenties, nineteen forties esque animation. Like that's like the era they're trying to show it as. Yeah. Um, oh, I finally did uh, remember that. That I think. My number one silent movie would be Haxon. Is I think it's either Haxon or Haxian, something like that. Haxon? I don't think I've seen that or heard of it. Haxon. Here we go. Witchcraft throughout the ages. Oh my god, I have. I do know what this is about because I've seen. They use some of those stills in like horror movies to and horror day, TV shows oh. a little bit today. Yeah, like when they're like, oh, back in the olden times. They would, like, use that as, like, a little flashback kind of stuff. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about now that I Google it. Um, you know who else? This is another Batman thing. <laughs> I like Batman. Is the Joker. A lot of the inspiration from the Joker came from The Man Who Laughs, which is another pretty decent... It's creepy. It's creepy. I wouldn't say it's good, but it's creepy, and that's good mm-hmm. for me. Uh, but The Man Who Laughs, like, very Joker. Joker-inspired, took inspiration from that to, like... What's his name? The man who laughs, I guess. But, like, that smile with those fucking big-ass, nasty-ass teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I don't know. Like, a long time ago, there was a movie that Tim Burton did that reminds me of silent films, which is probably why I have a little bit of soft spot, because I did see that first, and it was Frankenweenie. It was, like, a black-and-white 30-minute short film. Mm. Really good. Really, really good. I love it. I loved it because it was about dogs and I love dogs. So, but a lot of, I think that's probably why, one of the reasons I don't mind watching silent films, black and white versions, probably because of that. Good vibes. Good vibes. Oh uh, yeah. Most of, most of those classic silent films are good vibes. Um, some of them are, yeah, they could have been done a little bit better, but definitely understandable that these are where today's movies, comic books, even a lot of them came from this type of era. Yeah. You know, Speaking of good vibes, I want to talk about opposite of good vibes is something that I've not seen, but I think it's probably, it's, I think it's anti-good America, which is the birth of a nation. It was originally called like the Klansmen and they use, I think they use some of those shots or at least it feels like they used some of those shots from that movie or from that silent film in Forrest Gump when Forrest Gump is talking about how he has a little bit of uh, Ku Klux Klan heritage mm-hmm. and they do a flashback of clansmen on horses in that in that movie and i think that they steal the flashback or at least inspire from it from that movie which i think is yeah because it's oh yeah i just googled it it's about the rebirth of the ku klux klan i've never seen it i but i've heard of it and that's because there's like a disturbing portrayal in there about john wilkes booth assassinating president lincoln okay and i've seen that along with little bits and pieces of like the kkk stuff in there which that's crazy. I didn't even know about that. Like hardcore, hardcore. Some of this. I'm like reading about it now. Girl, OJ Simpson was in it. In what? In the, the birth of a nation? No. The oh, Klansman. I was like, girl, that's from like 1900. <laughs> I don't think OJ Simpson was in that. He OJ Simpson was in the KKK. I don't believe that. No, in that the Klansman. Like news. Oh, you're talking about the new movie, The Klansman. I was like, what? Oh, well, kind of. It was 74. What? I didn't even know. Oh my gosh. This is going to have to be like a later topic about that because I'm like a little mind blown. That's kind of, I wonder what that's about. But it's I also the, bring up The Birth of a Nation because when it came out, 
and I think it's actually the top grossing film of the in the United States from its time, like nineteen fifteen. Yeah. So I was like, oh dang, I'm not shocked, but you're all, but still kind of shocked. I'm a little, yeah, I am shocked, but I'm not shocked because of who America was back then. She was messy, <laughs> to say the least. Tell me how you feel, mm, Woody. I feel, I feel angry that movies like The Birth of a Nation exist, and it was used as like propaganda. That it's really annoying, but I mean, I can't change history. Yeah, and I don't think people should forget about that either. You know what I mean? So, I think. I think it makes me a little sad that we don't have the overacting from silent films that we did. Like the, I mean, a lot of the cues are still there, right? Like the creepy, eerie music to know when you're feel, supposed to feel scared. Like the da da, da da, da 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 da. Like that is still existing in movies today. Whether it's the Michael Myers thing or, I think it's Friday the Thirteenth. It goes choo choo choo. Ah, ah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we still have that when you're supposed to feel scared. But, like, the the overdramatic acting, we don't have anymore. I so. mean, because they, really they really can't have that over-exaggeration or else you, everybody would be like, okay, like, I kind of don't really... That's, that's, that's a little over the top for me and that's kind of stupid. You know what I mean? I think that we use over-the-top acting the most in comedy. Like, like uh, what are those movies called? Like, the scary movies movies? Yeah. Yeah, though, like, in those movies, that's kind of, like, weird over-the-top acting. But, like, real good performances, like, exist now. They're not, like, over-the-top. But, like, it's not emphasized enough, like, enough. I feel like they gave more emotion because they had all they had to work with on film. They didn't have dialogue. So, they, like, had to get their, oh, I'm scared across. I kind of wish we would bring that back to horror movies, though. But at the same I don't need scream queens i want dramatic scream boys i mean i do need scream uh, scream queens but with uh they did have dialogue but at the same time we couldn't like there was no audio for us to hear it but the that's where the cues were where the actor said something but the directors put whatever they said into small little words and that's why what that's what we couldn't really um we couldn't digest what was actually going on other than the actions of the act you know what i mean oh yeah i guess are you trying to say like like the actor and the actors could could still talk to each other but we couldn't get their feeling other than their like actions their expressions yeah and actions yeah, their body language <clears throat> and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, like there, there are, there were, there were technically dialogue in the movies. There was dialogue in the movies, and that's what. But I'm a saying. lot of it, like there would be like like out like a like us having like a five minute conversation. They would sum it up with a cue card in between stills, saying, "Oh, this is what happened. This is what he said." Like, yeah, really quick. Like you might say, like, "Oh my gosh, the weather's so awesome today. I'm so happy. It's sunny. I haven't seen the sun in days." They might the like, cue card shorten like, oh, that to say, sunny. "They're like, I'm happy. It's sunny." Yeah, I'm like that's it. <laughs> like that's all it is. So it does lose some of that. But again, you're right with body language and everything like that. We still have those cues to go off of in silent movies. And that's why I think I liked um, the film The Kids so much is because. Like, you did feel those emotions. They did that movie so well to where you actually did feel that, like, you connected. Even though it was a silent film, you still connected with those characters. Like, damn, he's going to lose that kid forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I really do understand. I don't know why I lean more towards when it's a silent film. I like, like, horror more. Mm, maybe because in my childhood, I was like, that's what I watch and that's my nostalgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I lean more towards that. Like, I don't mind, like, Buster Keaton, because if it wasn't for Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, our comedy today would be probably, like, like a decade or two behind. Like, we would probably have, like, comedy, like, they got in, like, the 80s or something, or the 90s. We'd probably be there, but, like, the comedy and, like, Buster Keaton with all his fucking crazy stunts for comedy, like, a house falling on him, Mm -hmm. but he's totally fine. Like, he could have legit been killed during that, but he wasn't. So, like... And we also probably have a lot of stunt coordination because of him. So, yeah. But you know what is a bummer? Crazy Bear also. What's that? And Woody has reminded me of this. Is we don't get to experience silent films the way they experience silent films as they came out. Which is very true, right? So there were some color, and I want to get into this a little bit later, um, in some of the silent films. It was kind of added, I think, in After Post. So some of them did get to see it, but a lot of it ended up getting lost. Yeah. And then also the orchestra. So we don't have that necessarily. And to that note, if we do have the orchestra orchestra music in it when you're watching it today, it's not going to be the exact same because a lot of that stuff was lost in translation. Not necessarily translation, but like maybe Destroyed they used the Beethoven music for it back then but today we're using a whole different like piano piece or orchestra music altogether and it's not the same vibes like we're still using maybe dramatic music when there's a cue for it but it's not the same thing you know what i mean it's like the same like how in horror movies like every kind of like weird creepy music that makes you like skin crawl is different from music that's making you like panic does that make sense it does um i did see that in norseferatu as well there was two versions that I saw. Um, one had uh, an actual lady singing to the movie, and then the other one was the original piece. And so that's why I, I was like, okay, I don't get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I mean, they probably didn't get their hands on, like, someone didn't get their hands on the original piece before it got destroyed. So that's probably why they did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what really irks me, and like, it's really sad because, like, I like history and I like film and I like history of film. Like, I like shit like that. What one thing is that we'll never, ever, ever be able to get back is a lot of lost media because of the film that was used during silent movie era. And it was because it was done on nitrate film. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's extremely flammable mm-hmm. and I don't quote me on this, but it's more than likely what caused like one of the great, like the biggest studio fires in like the 1920s or 1940s, wherever it happened, like during the Gone with the Wind era, um, that a whole bunch of shit was lost. And yeah, exactly. I'm like, that is really sad. That's a big bummer. Because think about all the things, there's like a list on Wikipedia of lost media, and a lot of it is from this time frame basically before 1920 Mm -hmm. um like one movie that i can think of is london after midnight and you've seen the stills from it because some of it was preserved some of the stills were preserved but it's like it looks creepy as fuck i don't know what it's about i just know what the (laughs) the stills look like it's like this vampire looking dude in a top hat, kind of like, no, not quite. I don't think Nosferatu had a top hat, but like, he's like very vampire looking and he's like creepy as fuck. Yeah. But that's all we have that remains is just stills of that specific film. And that's, we'll never get that back. You know what I mean? Like we could probably, if there was a script out there in existence, yeah, sure. We could recreate it, but it's not the same thing. Cause we don't use that film anymore. And even if we did use that film today, it's totally a different technique. We use different techniques. The backgrounds would be different. Production, acting. I don't... 
honestly, I can't think of someone who is probably really good at acting the way they used to. Like that over overreacting with your body language, yeah. getting your point across without saying much. That kind of acting, I don't think it exists, I'm sure, but not to the degree that it used to exist. That's totally true. Um, more people are more expressive now nowadays with their tone of voice or... Um, their facial expressions other than their actual body language yeah i mean that's true it's that's just how that is and what he says editing is the expression nowadays that's true yes that's true editing is the expression nowadays uh i think i think unfortunately if we don't really preserve things well and create backups because even recently within like the last oh god I'm trying to think about when I lived in Florida because that's when the fire, like basically with sometime within the last five years, there was this big universal studio fire and a lot of music film was lost. And who knows? God knows what else, but like some Judy Garland stuff was lost. Like these are like the master copies of things. Yes, we still have some of that today in production, but we like think about like 50 years from now when technology improves. And as far as like getting the quality like you could pick up so much more in the background of that as technology advances. Maybe not. It's a possibility, but like that's gone forever too. Like we'll never be able to remaster things again. It's just because you know making a copy of a copy yeah. is like not something you want to do. It's like xeroxing something over and over. You're gonna lose quality. You're gonna lose things in it, which is why keeping masters are very important. Keeping them safe, secure. If you can have master copies, that I'm not sure about if you can or not, but. I would really like us to try to not let studio fires destroy media. You know what I mean? That would be really cool if they stop that. So apparently with the London After Midnight incident, uh, in 2002, they reconstructed it to run about 40 minutes. So from out of those stills, they still did a 40-minute movie out out of those stills that they saved. You know what? That's good. I didn't know that. I thought the movie was totally lost. But that's awesome. Because, like, have you seen some of the promo pictures that survive that? I do. I see those right now, girl. Okay, cool. Like, doesn't that dude look creepy as fuck? Yeah. Like, man, I wish we would bring back some of that, those techniques for special, maybe not special effects, but, like, makeup special effects specifically Mm -hmm. to make people look that creepy in film. If we could bring that back, that would be so awesome. I would love to see that. That would be probably like, you know what, maybe I'll go take a class on it or some crazy shit like that and like try to learn how to do that. Because that, that's always fascinated me. But I don't like modern editing and CGI. I prefer old school. Yeah. 1980s and before special effects. The one movie I did want to bring up, though, um, I think, to be honest, this is still one of like at least top five for me. Because it's such a short film, but at the same time, it, it says, it, like, it has a purpose. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen this, uh, A Trip to the Moon. Oh, yes. I've seen, not, not, not the movie, but I've seen this, like, the stills. Because they use that in a, lot of, in a lot of pop culture media stuff. Like, it's where there's the, the fake, like, thing in the, the eye of the moon. The bullet, yeah. Yeah, the bullet. I think it was, yeah, I think it's a bullet, but yeah, it's in its face. That shit's creepy, too. I don't know what that's about, but tell me about it, girl. Girl, so, okay, so, like, in the beginning of the movie, you can tell, like, it's just these, like, a whole group of scientists trying to figure out a way to get people on the moon, and they send a whole bunch of, like, there's some chicks, um, well, there's some women 
there's also some uh, other scientists that go to the moon, but they shoot it out of a big old cannon. And that's where the bullet in the eye of the moon is from, is where they shoot that bullet or cannon thing and it hits um, the eye of the moon and the moon starts bleeding. So, yeah, that is kind of creepy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it is really fucking creepy. And um, all of a sudden they get there and there's like a whole bunch of alien weird type monkey things. Oh, it, like it's just it's so hard to wrap your head around because there's so much going on. But at the same time, you're like in 1903 like, or 03 or 02. How did they like how did they think about that that back then? You know what I mean? How did they make something so like a dream make it so creepy? Well, I think and this could just be part of our distance oh my god i'm gonna fuck that word up desensitization Uh there we go to because like if you think about it like they only had their imagination back then they didn't have references like but you and i if we wanted to create something like that we have that reference but they didn't have references like that so like a lot of that shit is like this is straight from their fucking mind you know what i mean like they were probably like one of them was like oh fuck i had a fucking nightmare and this is there's nosferatu you know what i mean boom there's the makeup for it. But it also says it uh, it's including sources from Jules Verne's 1865 novel, uh, The Earth to the Moon. So Yeah, but that's a novel, though. I doubt there's a lot of pictures in there. Yeah. They're probably, like, referencing a description and then going with, the, going with it as much as possible. Like, whatever their mind is thinking of, that's, like, that's, like, almost it's kind of like an original thing, right? Like, that's from whoever's mind that did that. Yeah, girl, I, th- I think that's still one of the, ama- like, especially in an amazing movie from oof, hardcore 1902. Yeah, it sounds hardcore, and I kind of want to watch it now. It's only, like, 14 minutes. I say do really? it. Yeah. That's it? Oh, shit. Yeah, everybody do that. If you ain't seen a silent film, and that's only 14 minutes, fuck, that's where you start. Yeah, it's on, on and, and it's on HBO Max, along with most of the Charlie Chaplin films. Uh, definitely go check those out, because, goddamn, I, I had so much fun with those yeah, and you know what else? Oh, shit. YouTube has a lot of shit. Like, a lot of silent film shit that you can watch. I counted, well, not counted, but there was, like, someone has a playlist on there of, like, at least, like, almost four, I think it's, like, 385 or something like that. Oh, yeah. 385 silent film movies on their list on fucking YouTube. And I'm like, shit, dude. I mean, maybe it made me want to, like, five, like, maybe f- like 180 or go to sleep with that shit i swear (laughs) i mean i would probably go to sleep with that because i like distractions but it's also like interesting i just think i just find silent films absolutely fascinating because it's like right before technology goes because like before that it had nickelodeons right you know what a nickelodeon is well i mean it's it's the channel right or (laughs) no not not the channel oh okay nickelodeons back in the day were mm, how do i put this so imagine like goggles in a box like you come up to a box you put a nickel in it okay and you put your face in there and you can watch like motion happening like motion films kind of like not like anything like an hour long but like 30 seconds yeah watching a dude riding a horse or something or there were also pornography nickelodeons you could watch like the clothes off the woman come off kind of thing those are nickelodeons and that's where the TV show, or not the TV show, but that's where the TV channel probably got its name from. Oh, and speaking of Man on Horses, did you know that that's where most of the silent films started? Like, um, 
I think it was 1877 or somewhere around there. Or actually, no, it was 1833. Uh, they had, um, that was the very first silent film is where they had a row of a whole bunch of cameramen along a racetrack. Each one took a picture and they did one of those, um, like, where you flip the, the photos to where it looks like it's moving. Yeah, and like a Nickelodeon kind. Yeah, like that. And so they did that. That was the very first silent film was a man riding a horse down a racetrack yes i think it's called the horse in motion maybe <laughs> I, I, it's right here uh, yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's called the horse in motion the horse in motion animated by plate by ed weird ed weird Moybridge. that's a name and a half that is yes it's edward <laughs> it's, ed it is weird. edward he it's probably because he's english is why it's like spelled. That's the that's weird the right to way to spell it. But it is Edward, and I think it's. Oh no! Oh my God! He changed his fucking name. What a fucking asshole! <laughs> I what an liked asshole! Your name before <laughs> his his real name is Edward James Muggeridge, and he changes his fucking name to Edward, spelled E A D W E A R D. Moybridge, M-U-Y-B-R-I-D-G-E. What a dick. But, I mean, maybe people were pronouncing his name wrong. Mugger, Muggeridge, which I can get because I relate to people saying my name wrong all the time. It's yee-haw, not haw-yee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a dick, though. Dude, how do you say your fucking name? I mean... Oh, I'm going to look it up later. I was about to say, I don't think we can ask him now. I think he's long gone by now. Well, you can look it up. Like, you can just click on the little pronunciation thing in Wikipedia and it'll tell you, but Jesus fucking Christ. This dude is basically, like, photography photography. He has some really good shit out there. Some early pieces from the late 1800s. Good on him. But yeah, girl. Uh, I'm sorry, what were you saying about the horse, though? About that being the first? That being the first? Yeah, that was the actual very first silent film to be made. So I'm, I'm, proud, I'm proud of them for at least back in... Whenever this was in... Yeah, in 78. Okay, in 1978, he used a row of a dozen cameras to record a horse running. Okay. So, yeah, in 78, this that's when the very first um, silent film was made. 1878. We've come a long way. Yeah, girl. So, do you like psychological horror? I mean, I like any kind of horror, girl. But do you also like trippy scenes? Like... And trippy artwork, kind of like Ooh. real. I think it's called realism. I could be a liar. Please let me know. Let me see. But I, the film I'm about to talk about okay, is wait, the cabinet of Doctor. I'm gonna fuck it up. Caligari. Uh, yeah. Caligari. Caligari. Whatever. Whatever his name is. <laughs> I like that. And by the way, spoilers. Just so you fucking know, like you should already fucking know. Spoilers. Uh, it is really trippy to look at. Like, really, I highly recommend it just to look at. You don't even have to watch the whole thing, because I'm about to spoil it for you anyway. It's, if I'm not wrong, because I was, like, really into the aesthetic of it, and I don't remember a shit ton else. But it's like a twist ending movie, where it turns out the dude at the end is actually in an insane asylum. Yeah. And it was, like, all in his fucking head. But it's really good. Like, that's, like, one of the, probably, it's probably a better twist ending than M. Night Shyamalan. I said that name wrong, too. No, you actually got that one right. You, you're good. You're good. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know when I was wrong or right. Yeah, I agree. But 
man, the I think it's German or French. Is yeah, that it's French German. or German? Oh, okay, I was like, it's got to be French or German because it's really trippy. Highly recommend. They know what they they knew what they were doing in the eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, nineteen twenties, whatever see, it was. Only reason why I watched this film um, there a few years ago. There's a band called The Other, and they're a, they're a horror punk fil- uh, kind of band. And their drummer was Dr. Caligari. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, so that what drew me into this this film, at least. And I watched it and I, I loved it. I actually, it is one of my top tens. I, I, I do suggest everybody watch this one, especially if you love like the horror genre, um, because this is a trippy, trippy movie. Oh, yeah, I would recommend it just straight up for its aesthetic and its it sets that it uses because it i get what they did with it because now knowing that it's a mental patient at the end you're like no wonder it looks fucked up you know what i mean yeah like, but like in a good way and it kind of reminds me of mimes for some reason i don't know if it's like the makeup it's or probably the, the just, makeup yeah you think it's the makeup it could be but that's what it reminds me of i think it's good to watch even if you don't know 100 percent what's going on just know that it was all in his head i liked it so much so if you had to if you what would you do would you go back in time and watch these movies as is I would. like as they were back then I, I i for sure would um depending on the type of well of course the type of place i was in um like where i was you know what i mean specifically like where in the part of the country i was and because not all of these were in the u.s at the time that's true a lot of so, they didn't come to the u.s until later also, Woody would like to know <laughs> What's up, Woody? if you've seen Alice Madness Returns video game, if you played it. And if so, is that the, is that the plot to the cabinet of Dr. Caligari? It's not. More of Alice Returns is more of murdering and you seeing weird shit. Well, doesn't, doesn't, isn't, isn't there something in, in that movie where it's like, well, it, I thought, like... I, I There's thought in the movie, someone who got murdered? Yeah, because, see, in the... They thought she was murdered, but at the same time, he just wanted to take care of her. The, 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 you're talking about the chick in the bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, he wanted, like... at uh, He thought that he murdered her, but he was wanting to take care of her at the same time. Well, they murder an Alice, then. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's some murder, even if it's, like, pretend murder. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean... Maybe maybe that's something that they ripped off a little bit. Yeah, because Alice Returns is more of um, Alice in Wonderland slash gore, like, gore horror porn. I wouldn't say it's gore horror porn. No, you wouldn't say you wouldn't say Alice, uh, the Alice Madness Returns game is more gore. Because I feel like there's more psychotic... Because I remember seeing it on, I don't know if it was the Xbox One, but I'm pretty sure it was Xbox 360. It's I don't on know Game why. Pass, yeah. And I don't think it was, I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit of murder porn in it. Like, what game from that era on a Xbox didn't have that? But, I mean, it could just be one of those things where they took inspiration from that story. Yeah. And, I mean, you can, like, someone could not have seen that and still come up with the same idea. Exactly. It's just just how fate does. I don't think we played the same game. We might not have, Woody, or... Or, because there's also... I was just looking it up. Alice, the Alice game. There's Alice Asylum. That was something that's being talked about in 2017 yeah the alice uh the alice asylum that one uh was the very first game from alice madness returns okay interesting 
because I started playing that one because I do I wanted to start playing the first one and then um, and then play Alice Madness Returns. What he says that was more whimsical. It doesn't look whimsical based on <laughs> the poster. It doesn't. If look I'm being wh- honest, yeah, girl. If not, I'm being honest, it doesn't whimsical. look whimsical. The levels really are <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. I might look it up and play it or watch a playthrough or something just to see what the fuck is happening because I feel like we're all living in three different timelines probably <laughs> right now and I'm like what's happening yeah so do you think because I think it I'll be honest with, with you I think this but do you think that we and the entertainment industry in general owes a lot to silent films girl if, if we wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for silent films it, uh, it we wouldn't be anywhere like our, our uh, book episode we wouldn't be anywhere if books didn't exist yeah if and we wouldn't be anywhere if books didn't even exist because like i said from from the um trip to the moon they took some of novels from the 1800s to put in that film you know what i mean so it just took steps to where we would we are now like it came from books to silent films to talk shows like we even like we're doing right now well we owe radio we don't owe silent films anything but but subject like you and i for a podcast we owe them for being like a subject for us to talk about but we owe radio mostly is who we owe our things to i would like to say that isn't it crazy to know that there are people out in the world who don't even know anything about silent films like think about gen z how much does gen z know about silent films uh, I have no clue on that one. I, to be honest, I I, I kind of really I I wanted like I want to say depends on who their parents are. That's true. Wait, what year were you born, Crazy Bear? Yeah, ninety six. Uh oh, we gotta see if you're a Gen Zer because I have a I, think, I have a sneaky suspicion. Yeah, I think I think I'm Gen Z. Nine. Oh nope, you're the youngest millennial. Okay. Nineteen ninety six is the last year of the millennials. Huh? How about that? What he's like? You're stupid me not you no i was like i'm the stupid one like which one of us is stupid it's both surprise yeah it's me for asking that question uh because like it depends on your interests and the internet allows access to whatever you want yeah i'm sure that there's there's people out there who do know that are younger than us like the actual gen z because they're between the ages of 10 and 25 right now just so everyone's aware not to make anybody else feel old but i'm sure a lot of them don't because why would they unless they were interested in getting a major or something in film then you have to know about it. But generally speaking, like when we watch TV today, when we watch TV when we were kids, at least me, what was on TV, what was what was on TV. So I got a lot of Lassie, like from TV Land when I was at my grandma's house. Yeah. Flipper. And even some silent films like on TMC. I think Turner Classic Movies. No. Yeah. TCM. Turner Classic Movies. Like on those channels. That's where I saw a lot of that. These days, kids don't watch TV like we had to with commercials and with anything because we didn't have quite the access to the internet but their streaming stuff is like netflix hbo go and if they stumble upon it on hbo go then they might they might watch it but honestly i'd probably think they'd be like what the fuck is that yeah you're like i don't want to watch a movie with this Uh. yeah i think it's just different because of how we had to watch media and how we consumed media growing up 
Theirs is totally different. Like, they have to look up what they want to watch, basically. Or their yeah. parents are putting it in for them on Netflix, on Amazon, whatever. So I think maybe the older Gen Zers might have a little bit of that because they were born in the late 90s and they didn't quite have the internet yet. And they didn't have Netflix yet. They didn't have all those streaming services. But the younger ones, probably like 15 and younger, probably wouldn't really think to look up black and white movies. Because it's not something that they can even accidentally stumble upon as often as we did. Yeah. But see, that's that's a, also a good reason for uh, some kids to, or at least the younger ones, to hang out with their, their elders a little bit more to, to show, like, hey, these these are still something. You know what I mean? Because I still do that. Like, whenever I went to go see my grandparents, uh, there's either MASH that's going on or Leave It to Beaver like a whole bunch of older type um sitcoms or tv shows or whatever and there's still a bunch of things that the silent film er like silent film era should still have a grasp on younger generations you know what i mean yeah i get you i'm i agree that yeah i disagree <laughs> i don't know what else to say about it. i don't know what else i can add to that other than yeah uh, so uh, okay me. just because it was brought up yesterday in a little bit of conversation. Because we do talk sometimes about our topics with other people before we actually record. Just, it happens. Can't help myself. Sometimes our, I get excited about an episode and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to talk about fucking silent films. Goddamn. Our little uh, argument with Woody. Yeah, our argument with Woody. <laughs> the question was asked, what is Fantasia? Is Fantasia a silent film? Woody says yes. And I'm going to say no. Because it's centered around the music, not necessarily, like, the story came after, right? Versus, like, silent films, it's the silent film, silent, it didn't have the thought of music necessarily, and that was something that was developed afterwards so that you don't hear, like, Crazy Bear and me hackling in the background when something funny comes up. Yeah. Or, you know, it's more of a distraction and a cue for it, versus Fantasia, I feel like it. And even on the Wikipedia, it says it's a musical anthology. So, it doesn't say silent. And it says here, silent film is typically... Okay, so Woody, we were talking about this yesterday also. Silent film is typically used in historical term to describe an era of cinema prior to the invention of synchronized sound. However, it naturally applies to the sound era of films such as City of Lights, Silent Movie, and The Artist which are accompanied by a music-only soundtrack in place of dialogue. So, technically, the artist is a silent film. Well, yeah, the artist is a silent film. That was no doubt about that. We didn't argue about that. We were arguing about Fantasia. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were only arguing about Fantasia. Because I remember the artist was brought up yesterday, too, so... Yeah, well, because I said, in that case, then you can't say... Then you could say that artist is technically a musical. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the artist is a silent film because it's about the film, not the music. And But with Fantasia, it's about the music and then the film. It could probably be accredited as the first musical. Fantasia, what he says, Fantasia is about a sorcerer. And it's not no dialogue makes it a silent film. That's not what the thing was. Because there is dialogue in a silent film, you just don't hear it. That's yeah. not what that's about. It's just about, it's a silent film, meaning that there's no hearable dialogue. And the music is an afterthought. Okay, this is the definition. A silent film is a film with no synchronized recorded sound. Fantasia is synchronized recorded sound. Boom. <laughs> Time for us to get off our saddles and skedaddle. Thank you for listening. And make sure to check us out on YouTube, Twitter, uh, and all 
those other sketchy websites that you might get a virus on. Till next time. Stay entertained. <laughs>